0: oh yeah okay I'm ready okay hi guys it's Fran and Hannah and this is the latest episode on getting down to digital welcome welcome to you sorry Hannah hi guys it's Hannah and Fran I'm Fran Hannah's on the line with us we are okay one more time Hi, guys. It's Fran and Hannah, and we are on the latest podcast on getting down to digital. Hannah, how are you today?
1: I'm good. I just got a new package for some activewear that I'm trying out, and I'll get to wear it today after work. So I'm excited about that. How are you?
0: Nice. Good. I too <laughs> got a uh, package for activewear, a fanny pack. I
1: have one, but I haven't, I don't really use it, but I think I'm going to start
0: using it. Cool. Yeah. Keep us posted. We love a good fanny pack. Yes, we do. So yeah. So we've got a new podcast. Our topic today is five ways to create a more likable brand and likability is something that is near and dear to our hearts. And we'll start off with a positive as we always do. And it's sort of catered to the idea of likability. And I don't know if you guys follow Vanessa Van Edwards at all, but she is the creator of the science of likability. And she does something that's really, really cool. And just researches human behaviors. She's just really cool. scienceofpeoplecom forward slash likable. We'll link it in the podcast notes itself, but that is a really cool place to start with her on likability and and understanding humans with that. But something I wanted to bring to your guys' attention is in the last seven days, so one week on Google, we are SEO, so we love the Google machine. um, More than 3,400 people searched how to know if people like me. And even more searched was how to know if a guy likes me and how to know if a girl likes me. So we are constantly trying to gauge if people like us. And it's not always easy to know why, because we're kind of hesitant to show it. And through Vanessa Van Edwards, I learned that the average time that someone shows interest in another person person you know someone they have chemistry with there are 13 touch points that happen before the other person is fully aware that they are liked by that person so i don't know about you guys but if you had ever been in a public place and you spotted somebody that you were interested in perhaps you showed them a look of interest and they didn't respond It's not because they didn't want to notice. It actually just takes a lot more times, 12 more times, but 13 times total to really show that we like one another. So in this podcast, I want to extend the opportunity for us to Try to be more vulnerable and show that we like people, and then also Vanessa Van Edwards talks about how important it is to tell people that we like one another. So I think in one podcast we did this, we said, "Hi, Hannah, I like you," and Hannah responded back and said, "I like you too, Fran." So
1: is it the Valentine episode?
0: Maybe, yeah, Hannah. Something. BB big brains over there, (laughs) big brains, you would know. So make sure we do that this week. And uh, the topic is for businesses and likability, but really tell those around you that you like them. And if you are interested in someone romantically, or you want to get meet a friend and let them know that you like them, try to show more touch points because they just aren't aware of it quite yet. But let's get started on our topic. This is five ways to create a more likable brand for your business. So now that you know how to be show a little bit more likability or understand it in your personal lives, we're going to talk about branding and Hannah's going to get us started with not being afraid of having brand opinions and values. Hannah? Yeah. So the
1: first point, like Fran said, was don't be afraid to have brand opinions and values and be clear about them. One thing I did work for the communications department at GE Aviation during my break with Upright, and a lot of it was very journalism type writing, and you have to be as unbiased as possible in those type of situations. But More than likely, if you're just running a blog on your website, you don't have to abide by those type of strict, unbiased perspectives of things. So don't be afraid to share your opinions. And if your brand has a strong mission statement or has something that they feel really passionate about, To voice them. I think that allows people to really understand who your brand is and the people that back up your brand. And they're not going to necessarily agree with everything you say or you do. Um, That's unrealistic and no one is completely likable. But I still think it's important that those that do see that you're able to express what you believe in they can stand by that and really like your tenacity and your bravery in sharing what you believe, and I think it's still important in these situations to find sources or support any content that you're putting on your website with facts. Don't just make blanket statements without any type of any type of weight behind it, because I think that can just be false and lead to confusion. So mm-hmm. Avoid that when possible, but don't only stick to stating facts that I don't know. It wouldn't be useful to me if I went to a website and unless it was Wikipedia, which was one of the (laughs) examples, it's just not the same way you should be writing when it comes to content that involves your brand and take some time to like develop a brand persona and make human type of personality traits for your brand and imagine that and give them life in a way. I think that's really fun and helps to connect more with customers when it seems like the company they're working for is a person and not just a business. So take some time. Make a brand persona if you're able to and flesh out some mission statements that hold value for your company. I do know Fran has been working with Eric and Greg on like intentions, workshops, and that involves mission statement type of situation,
0: right? Yes, I was, uh, Hannah, that's funny you said that. I was thinking that exactly because we are utilizing the teachings of The Secret and Various kind of beliefs, and through all that, we are working on our business mission statement and sort of directives. Without things like a persona or a mission statement, you're unable to really grasp your goal or what it is you're working on. So definitely, Hannah. And I wanted to ask you: Is there a persona tool that you prefer, like a HubSpot or Googling? How how do you recommend people go about creating a persona?
1: I would just. Google, honestly, and maybe we could do a dedicated podcast or blog post episode or blog post, you know what I mean, a podcast episode or blog post on how to approach brand persona. That could be an interesting topic to dig more into, but there are a lot of resources online. And if you're more of a graphic person, you can even create something in Canva that kind of personifies your brand, maybe find a little person icon animation that you really enjoy and find different character traits that you want your brand to emulate or things to avoid or maybe a quote that you imagine your brand would say just different elements like that can really give your brand more life and that would just be my general suggestion but once we do have a resource that uprights made we can definitely link it Onto this podcast.
0: Cool. Thanks, Hannah. Good idea. Yeah, no problem. And then the next
1: point would be focusing on providing your audience with value, regardless if they become a lead or a conversion. Mm-hmm. I definitely can sense when a business or someone is viewing me as a sales prospect and I don't like that mentality necessarily like if you're yeah. in a store and they might have some salespeople kind of placed about and whenever I go inside like a dealer's and there people or I don't know at the beauty area I feel like there's always attendants waiting there uh-huh. just to like talk to you or at a shoe store or something and it's like they know you're potentially be a sale and I avoid them
0: sure (laughs) that's the case yeah and I think a a lot of people do so that's Mm -hmm. a a really good analogy yeah so just be
1: mindful of that being transparent about how you can make their lives easier and add value to them I think we kind of talked about the what was it called with Greg went through a brand story type of
0: yes yes yes
1: stage and And that was the whole focus was making your customer the hero of their story. And that's kind of that mentality of your customer, even though you do want them to be a lead or prospect and finally a conversion, you don't want them to think that's the only purpose they serve. And rather, you want to give your brand and your company as a asset, I (laughs) I suppose, (laughs) asset to their lives and making them the hero of the narrative. And you can also do this by positioning email marketing campaigns around topics that would add value to their lives in terms of like our blog posts and our, yeah, our blog posts and even our podcast episodes, the topics themselves aren't necessarily highlighting what Upright is doing. Most of our episodes or our blog posts are offering value in some way. Like this podcast, we're trying to help you create a more likable brand. We're not necessarily trying to get you to sign up with Upright to make a likable brand. Right. So just offer value in some way. And Greg has also been trying to create like a drip campaign type of automation where we're able to send prospects or existing customers resources in the form of videos or links to blog posts just to help them along and give them more tricks of the trade to promote their business and to just do better online. And that's just a better perspective on that than to just try and constantly sell your product or your service. Sure. Yeah. And then the third point is engaging with your audience. And this is traditionally done through social media. I guess we don't always, we're actually not very good at a company, social media, which I think in the next few years, we should prioritize more. But to take your social media platforms and to follow different people within your industry, or if it makes sense to follow certain customers or clients that you work with, follow them, share their items, like, comment, just engage with their brand or engage with their lives in some capacity. And then you can also, on the flip side, if it's not social media, I think it's also important to communicate with leads in a timely manner. We're emailed right away. When we do get a lead, it's directed to several people in the company. So I think we're pretty good about getting back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Hannah, you're you're right in that we haven't prioritized you know social media and it is a requirement to have that time to reply back and engage. And I think that's where we lack because we are busy with our own clients, but that shouldn't be an excuse. So yeah, it's a great point.
1: But yeah, being responsive getting back to leads in a timely manner. And then another way to engage is to reply to all your reviews, even the negative ones. And this can be on your Google business profile, or I know Facebook also has review features and then various other third-party type of places as well, just to respond and to show your customers that you hear them and that You're working to do better. If it is a negative review, or if it's a positive one, just thanking them for taking time out of their day to tell other people how much they love you. So I think that's always sweet. And then if you want to go above and beyond, Mm -hmm. you can host webinars and invite your audience to join in those. I I don't think we've ever done a
0: webinar, but we have. We have. We we have. have. Greg Barlow. Nice, it. and I it was a success. But Hannah, you had you had not been at upright, so yeah, you're in saying that. But yeah, it is. We went above and beyond that day.
1: Yeah, before my time.
0: Yeah, yes. before Hannah's time. And there are a
1: lot of great webinar platforms nowadays because of COVID. But I know Zoom has a webinar option. I'm sure. Microsoft has some kind of webinar option. We don't really delve too much into that, so I can't confirm. And then there are other ones. I feel like I don't really watch a whole bunch of webinars, but I know Zoom has most of the webinars I've seen are on Zoom.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. There's a couple like tire dealer ones that use like a I don't know what's called Dentrix or some software. Yeah, uh, that I've seen, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that is also another option to engage with your audience. And I know we've mentioned having Jen on as a guest someday, but I know she's super good about getting on webinars and hosting ones herself. And yeah, so there are definitely options out there to engage with your audience. And then, and you added this last point, the online groups on Facebook.
0: Yes, our tire dealers have had a lot of success on local Facebook groups. I find that these groups are very service focused. So if you guys own a tire shop, a window cleaning business, a HVAC company, those type service businesses, they, they really are able to utilize Facebook groups in a really great way facebook groups local facebook groups for example can be very helpful to service businesses and because people are online and they're saying things like hey my dishwasher is broken do you guys have any really trusted repair guys and then 30 people respond but in this moment you can respond as the business and say hey some some of these groups allow businesses to come in or if you are your personal account you can go in and comment about the business you work for. So I really recommend Facebook groups for this.
1: Yeah, that's great. And then I think another option would be to get on Nextdoor and Angie if you are more service-related because a lot of people, homeowners, go to those type of programs to look for different home services.
0: Exactly, yeah. And then I forgot about Angie. Didn't she change how she spelled her name? Yeah, it's just Angie. Yeah, I mean, without an E, how brave! Like, I'm not <laughs> changing my name with something, but she changes spelling.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's
0: she's cool. She's pretty wild. Yeah, and then it's to moi, I believe. Yes, it is great. Invest back into your community. Something Upright did last year, I think, was each member chose an organization that we were passionate about and Upright donated a monetary value to that company that we align with. I think we all ended up agreeing on a set group of organizations, but that is something we did one Christmas and we, we really enjoyed. We also work with several organizations pro bono. Is that the word? I think
1: so.
0: Something along the lines of that. So we work with a a women's crisis group in Charleston right now. Tri-County Speaks. We have worked with an animal shelter. We have done, you know, some really great work for causes that we support and have designed websites and helped with Google My Business. So if you guys are able to invest back into your community by donating funds or services to causes that align with your company, we highly recommend it. We all felt better doing it. And then all of these companies benefit greatly from our expertise and services. So please think about that. Giveaways, you can do giveaways periodically. So Merrimack works with the Edible Arrangements of Nashua, I believe. And they give away a monthly drawing and they give an edible arrangement to their customer, their winning customer, which we absolutely love because they're investing in the community. They're creating a cylindrical kind of business momentum going on within, within the community. So props to Merrimack for thinking to do that, but that is certainly an idea that you guys could emulate and then sending gifts to vendors you work with. That is something so powerful. I've definitely received flowers from Moore Robinson, which was a really wonderful client. Merrimack has sent edible arrangements now that I think about it. Branstetter's Kangaroo in Cincinnati, Ohio. They sent us a crate and barrel gift card for Christmas. We have the nicest clients who send gifts to us and we would encourage all of us to do that because we know how good it feels to receive them.
1: I think... At some point in time, from what I understand, is that Greg used to send turtles to yes. the people that we work with, Upright has worked with. There was an email list in our MailChimp that was like turtles <laughs> or something. Yes. And it's the, the chocolate turtles, not like actual.
0: The real turtles, turtles who I think yeah. we donated money to. Yeah, but Keely
1: has? Yes. Is hey, it a tortoise or is it a turtle? Yeah, yeah a
0: tortoise. tortoise.
1: Mr. Bacon. Uh (laughs) But I just thought that was funny.
0: I think the owner retired and that was why we stopped.
1: Ah, yes. Yeah.
0: So if any of our customers are listening, it wasn't because Uh it was too expensive.
1: But I do hear turtles are expensive.
0: Yes, they were. They were getting up there. That's for dang sure. Cute. Okay, so then our last item is prioritize good customer service. Hannah and I have this in common, and you guys may too. And it's funny to have this in common. But I am a probably I would consider myself an anti-returner. Hannah is nodding her head, and yeah, we we just don't return things well. More of a hassle. I'd either make it work or give it to somebody who could make it work. So I haven't always been hyper focused on this, but in The COVID era and having to do more shopping online just by sheer requirement, I have learned the power of good service. And I specifically mentioned Nordstrom Zappos. Zappos, they have their shoe returns are just incredible. Yeah. And then Nordstrom, I feel like, barely needs to know you got it from there to give you a refund. Amazon makes it so flippin' easy. All I have to do now is go to UPS and show them a QR code. Yes. And you just leave. Done. Right? And what's something
1: else though, if you aren't close to a UPS or you don't want to go to UPS, Whole Foods. Most yeah. Whole Foods also accept returns and you don't have to bring any packaging, just the product and the QR code. And they have it. And I think Kohl's does it too. So tip, if you don't know check out your Whole Foods or your Coles if you need to do an Amazon drop-off.
0: Yeah, and Hannah's going to love this. I print out my QR code. (laughs) No. No (laughs) printer. Okay.
1: Anyways,
0: if you guys are in the return business or the shipping business, do your research on Nordstrom Zappos and Amazon or companies that you work with that really do an exceptional job with returns. That specifically speaks volumes to me customer service wise, also reviews are really easily accessible. There is God lover, her, bless her heart. There is a floral shop near me and it's presumably a woman owner. And I would say 98% of the reviews on her Google listing specifically say that she's one of the rudest people they've ever met. And um, this is her company and this is online. So anyways, I really wanted to go to go to it one time. And so I looked online and there were really bad reviews. And I'm thinking like, how could a gardening spot get really bad reviews? And anyways, it was very specific and um, about this person. And I just think it's such a disservice to have these reviews out there because I definitely am not going to go. So when it comes to your business, getting reviews and good reviews is really imperative because it can totally deter somebody from visiting.
1: Especially with your high palate taste, you don't like going to restaurants that are less than 4.5. <laughs> Hannah,
0: you're telling all my secrets today. Yeah, yeah. 4.5 or less is food poison to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think four is fair, but anything below four, I get a little like sketched out. Unless it's fast food or something where it's like- Yeah, yeah a 2.2 stars or something, but just because the service was bad, I just I just go anyway.
0: <laughs> same, yeah. I don't have that same discussion when it comes to like McDonald's. You're so right. The the McDonald's down the road is like a 2.0. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and
0: you're like, come on, throw them a bone. Like, not the most fun place to work all the time. Oh,
1: yeah. And some customers are just, they can just have bad days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So watch your little selves online and try to get the positive ones. Upright right now is on a weekly basis, reaching out, which Hannah, I got to send that email this morning, reaching out to our customers for positive reviews. So we encourage that. I love how, when I shop freepeople.com that they alert me when something's in my cart are like, oh, did you see something you loved? I love features like that with like remarketing and Upright does that for our customers. And so if you guys are interested in opportunities to kind of remarket or create touch points and create a good momentum of great customer service, that is something we can help you with. Shameless plug, but there are a lot of services out there that can do the same. So MailChimp is one of them that has kind of automation type services like that. And then let's see service industries. We need quick follow-up, transparent pricing and open communications. Seth Godin said, don't find customers for your product, find products for your customers, which I absolutely love. That can be a mentality that, that you guys could relate to. Then Sam Walton from Walmart, he says there's only one boss and that's the customer. And he can fire everybody in the company from the chairman on down simply by spending his money somewhere else. So I just, I love that. You know, the customer is always right. Regardless of the situation, they are the only boss. And Sam Walton clearly knows what he's talking about. I don't think it's all luck. Walmart's huge. Right. It's like a country and its own Mm -hmm. conglomerate or something. But
1: um, not to say that you have to take, if you do have a difficult customer, evaluate whether their money is worth it to you in terms of, Being able to cancel those type of relationships that are exhausting or you are being taken advantage of, don't just sit out on that. Just, just saying.
0: You're so right. That brings up a good point. With like, we had a company have a very bad review written about them, and it just wasn't true. So the company spent really great time following up with it, and we even have it in a Word document. We linked the full reply in a Word document because the customer wasn't right in this situation, and it was necessary to show the honest truth. So Hannah, is so right, um, and it wasn't worth their business again. So that's why this company felt like, oh no, we got to, we got to clear the air because we're not willing to work with her again. And then we also need to tell the truth. So there are certainly moments of that. Thanks Hannah for mentioning that. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, that rounds us out. Hannah Banana, do you have any other smart things to say?
1: Nothing terribly smart, but (laughs) yeah,
0: I don't know. I was just going (laughs) to talk
1: about my (laughs) plants.
0: Oh, do tell us what's going on there.
1: Well, I just think they're doing really well. I repotted them a few weeks ago and they're all
0: really happy. So uh, that's great. great. And it's getting warm in the top. It's mm-hmm. I think 89 in Tampa. So we are, we Whoa. just skipped spring. We were yeah. like through spring. We love summer. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. It's 70 here,
0: which is pretty oh, warm. How lovely. And yeah. Then it's not human yet. No, it doesn't really get humid <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking for myself. It's crazy
1: because so for those of you that don't know, the Great Salt Lake is what salt lake city is named after in utah and because of the high contents of salt from the lake it's like in the air as well so uh-huh. when you sweat profusely not everyone because some people are aggressive sweaters <laughs> <laughs> i'm not really an aggressive sweater fran is okay on. <laughs> but it's the strangest thing because the sweat evaporates from your skin so quickly that it turns into like a chalky salt texture what yeah yeah because of the salt Mm -hmm. content in the air it's crazy it'll just be like this white kind of powder a little cast
0: hands have you experienced that on one of your many
1: epic hikes I have not in my hikes, but the gym, like sometimes less now than before. So maybe I've acclimated more, but definitely when I first moved here, I really didn't sweat at all. But I also don't think I had to drink as much water as I need now because it's so dry. (laughs) Sure. I drink so much water. So I think I sweat more normally. But if you are like kind of dehydrated and you sweat, it definitely happens.
0: Huh, I wish yeah. I had paid attention to that. In Tucson, I came there like not drinking water. I'm basically a camel. Holy cannoli that it's you crazy. can afford that. Like, you'll die in Utah or Arizona if you don't drink water.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it was so crazy. Like, I couldn't leave the house without my water. Otherwise, I would just be useless.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. they all know. Now you know. Now you know. It'd be dry do be do so all right hannah well you are by far the best podcast co-host on the planet
1: thanks right back at you i like you thanks cutie <laughs> oh my gosh i like you too
0: all right guys until next time please comment and what do we do share all the good things let us know about a topic for next time and then hannah we definitely should inquire about jen with digital sergeant
1: Yeah, we should have her as a guest.
0: Yeah, and especially your note about hosting webinars. That could be a super cool topic.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like she would know the ins and outs. A show. Yeah, great. Okay. Be looking out for that.
0: Yep. Until next time, guys. Have a great rest of your week.
1: Yes. See you.